To the untrained eye, real estate is the business of shelter, of comfort, of home. But industry insiders know that just behind the curtain resides a world teeming with innovation and disruption and sometimes brutal competition. And there, in the midst of it all, stand our industry leaders, the folks with the answers to our million-dollar questions in real estate. We've got one of those leaders here for you today. I'm Jessica Edgerton. And I'm Tarko Heidinga from leading real estate companies of the world. Let's pull back the curtain. Welcome to Million Dollar Question. This is a Soulfire production. Modern Ventures is a venture capital firm headquartered in Chicago with a focus on technology and service innovations in the real estate, finance, and insurance verticals. Beyond its modern fund arm, the company is also home to a prestigious network of over 700 corporations and executives from around the United States, as well as a thriving immersion program well-known for positioning its graduate companies for the next level of growth. Constance Friedman is the company's founder and CEO. She built the company in 2015, not only as a well-respected veteran businesswoman in the real estate venture capital space, but also as a visionary with an uncanny ability to spot the next big shift in the market and, even more crucially, to handpick those companies with the strategic wherewithal to thrive through those shifts, to fill those gaps that are created by those shifts in the market. It is always a treat to talk to Constance and to hear from her what's just beyond the horizon for the rest of us in the worlds of real estate and financial products and technologies. I am excited that we've got her here for you today for a chat. All right. So Constance, we have known each other for what, a decade? More than a decade. And long enough for you to be wearing the shirt that represents our company. So, we yes. sure we are we are in deep with Mo- we love you guys. Modern Ventures is amazing. So uh, let's let's start out actually with a little intro of who you are and what your company is about, and then we can move backwards in time. So okay. tell me okay. about tell me about Modern Ventures. Give me the elevator pitch here to start out. Sure. So we are a strategic venture capital fund, and what that means is that we invest in technology companies. And specifically, we invest in technology companies all around real estate and its adjacent industries. So real estate, finance, insurance, home services. And we have um, really three legs of our platform. The first is our investment arm, and we generally are investing in companies two to 20 million in revenue. So early stage, but by uh, virtue of that revenue size, they're real companies. Uh, The second part of our platform is a network that we've developed over the last 14 years of around 700 executives, corporations, like leading RE. Um, And it's people across the industry who are looking for tech and innovation to create a competitive advantage. And, you know, and and, and this is why we're partners, so that we can help um, bring companies to do that. The third leg of our platform is the Passport Program. And so the Passport Program is something we've been running since 2013. And it is bringing new technologies um, oftentimes into the industry. So companies that may not be even approaching the industry right now, but looking to get into real estate um, and you know, help, I wouldn't say disrupt, disrupt the industry, but maybe disrupt how we're doing business in the industry. So whether that's 
from a marketing perspective or a transaction perspective or you know, digital, um, you know, just digitizing operations. Uh, but we run this program. It's a six-month program. We run it two to three times a year. We bring eight to ten companies in in any one class. And really, it's a systematic way to bring the companies into the network and to introduce the network to the company. So um, I've known you, like we said, for over a decade. When we first met, you were actually running the venture capital arm of the National Association of Realtors. And I got to watch you at the beginning really kind of make some amazing um, moves for NAR, one of which was a company that was about to hit big, uh, which was DocuSign and continues to be a big player for real estate and beyond. Talk a little bit about your, and I might add, before my time with, with Leading RE, but Leading RE became involved with Modern as a partner, as an investor, in large part at, at your fund one level in your early stages of Modern Ventures because of the visionary capacity that uh, Leading RE leaders and, and, and board members saw in you. It wasn't so much, let's invest in this new company and and we're going to make billions of dollars. It was this woman knows how to see into the future of what our what our industry needs. Now, it also ended up being successful across, you know, all, all propositions. But my interest and my question here is leading to how do you do it? How do you... <laughs> see those companies, those, those docu-signs before they really hit big, before they become a household name, what is your, uh, what's your process for really recognizing success in an earlier stage company? Yeah, so that's a great question. And, um, you know, it's, it's definitely not easy. We, we work really hard. <laughs> and, you know, let me kind of share, I guess, just some perspective. So, I guess just as a start, I have a funny background in real estate tech and venture. So I started as a realtor in my early career, um, really an undergrad, but it was an undergrad job at a real job um, where I was a realtor um, for three years. I did both sales and leasing and was a top producer at my firm. Um, but I was really interested in technology and I created their first website actually. And it was a really crappy website, but it was their first and <laughs> no one else had one. And so <laughs> dating myself clearly, but, um, you know, I graduated from college right before the dot-com days and I spent seven years doing large technology implementations of bringing the fortune 500 online. So we were both helping you know, companies like state farm and cross the shield and financial times and other fortune 500s. They strategically under, think about how you know what their what their presence should be online, and then I was managing large teams to bring them online. And then um, I, I went to uh, business school, and out of that, um, started getting more interested on on the investing side. So I spent two and a half years doing traditional venture focused on early stage consumer and information media, and then in two thousand eight, as you said. I um, I launched the venture capital arm at the National Association of Realtors. So since and so it was really through there where the idea was uh, NAR had just taken fifty million dollars off the table in the Realtor.com IPO, and they wanted to keep investing in real in real estate, early stage real estate technology. So it was a perfect opportunity to bring together that real estate tech and venture. And um, you know the very first thing that I kind of realized 
was that these really early stage, very secular real estate tech companies actually weren't all that interesting. And what I mean by that, and you know what I'm talking about, you go to Inman, you go to any real estate conference and you see all the same technology. You see 50 virtual tour companies. You see 50, in that case time, I think it was like digital mapping companies. It was it was all, you know, sort of the same thing. CRM. And, and these were also the same people that were knocking on everybody else's door, right? So what I wanted to do was to make sure that we were actually introducing something new to the industry. And given that I had been so exposed to all these other industries, I saw that real estate was really far behind and it still is. <laughs> so it was really far behind in adopting new technologies and doing things that other industries were gaining a lot of efficiency, a lot of traction technology. And I wanted to think about taking those technologies and bringing those and so when we talk about something like DocuSign, you would never call DocuSign real estate tech, prop tech, fintech, insurtech, but clearly it is applicable across all those industries. And that is what I saw in a company like DocuSign. It wasn't just another, you know, got two guys in a garage knocking on the door trying to get, you know, some more traction in the real estate space. It was truly a product that I thought could really change how the world does business. And it, it, and it, and it did. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so we invested in that in very early stages, um, made a ton of money for NAR. So that's a good thing. And, um, yeah, I sat on that board for many years, all the way up until it went public. And, you know, obviously really proud of that investment. And, um, and so, you know, we continued and, you know, I also learned a lot from that investment in the terms of made that investment in it was the first investment I did out of that fund. So in 09, and of course, the world fell apart. And in 09, so um, real estate was the beachhead for DocuSign. And, and then they expanded into all other industries. And I remember I had a um, board member look at me and say, hey, you know, like, you know, look at how DocuSign is doing. And then, you know, 09, 010, 11, you know, time period when you know, there was this kind of max, mass exodus and real estate was doing poorly. And, and I, and they said, you know, what is, um, you know, are you happy with how they're doing? I was like, well, no, but have you seen the number of realtors? So anyways, the other kind of lesson learned was because this company had the ability to go into other industries, it allowed it to succeed, right? So as we're heading into who knows what in the world, um, and as you make your own technology decisions in terms of whether it's investment or using technologies, you really have to think about if the if the industry has a slowdown, you know, can these technologies exist? And if they're beholden only to the industry, you know, sometimes it might be tough. And so oftentimes when we're looking at companies, we are looking outside the industry, or at least we're looking for companies that have a large, uh, you know, a great, great business case for an up market as well as a down market. Um, and so, you know, we've got companies that do everything from, you know, applying, providing benefits for a 1099 worker, which isn't, again, like doesn't seem to be real estate, but it's very much applicable where oh, yeah. you know, 80% of realtors don't have health or dental from employers. So, you know, a company like that, that company is called Stride. You know, we have companies that do manage Wi-Fi. We have companies that do 3D printing of homes. We have companies that do, you know, all kinds of things that are adjacent, but, you know, much more expansive. Let's talk about that. I think the your, the phrase you, you used was 
as we are heading into who knows what, which is very accurate. We're not necessarily, (laughs) at least at the time of of this recording, officially labeling it a recession. There are still question marks behind the headlines. But there is a downturn. And I right now continue to use the phrase, you know, the real estate market in particular is normalizing, which it is. We've gone through a crazy 24 months. We really... It was unprecedented in terms of the kinds of sales and the tight inventory and and the prices and all the rest that we saw during the pandemic and and into the very, very inception of, of 2022. We're starting to loosen up a little bit now. As that happens and as we face beyond our vertical, really kind of a recessionary period possibly, what now are you looking at? We just, you know, we don't have to get into the weeds here, but we just, Leading RE, we are, you know, long-term partners with you. We we actually are uh, just signing up for your most recent fund, Fund 3, which is so exciting. Um, and you have been doing the groundwork for this new fund during this period of economic transition. So can you talk a little bit about, did that change your analysis how so, and also beyond just looking at sort of the, the financials of the companies and, and how they would do during during that kind of downturn, what from the technology side, what from the actual product side are you looking at in terms of what our, particularly looking at our, our vertical real estate, what our brokerages really should be paying attention to at this period in our life cycle? Yeah, so all great questions. I think, uh, yeah, just taking a little bit of a step back, one of the things that we always try to look at, and as part of this programming that we do, we try to get really close to the brokers and to people in the industry to really understand what the kind of opportunities, gaps, and challenges are. We just kind of take a big, broad step back you know, in the life cycle of a transaction. What are the things that happen, right? So on a consumer side, they're finding a home. From the agent perspective or a broker perspective, we're trying to capture those leads. Um, you know, once we've got a lead that is credible, qualified, it's starting to bring them through the life cycle of that transaction from finding the home to providing the financing to getting the credit and the insurance to, and then, and then you kind of let them go. And there's that huge dearth of between when they move in to when you're going to actually work with them again, when they go to sell their home, hopefully. And so we're looking at a lot of different ways of how do you, capture the eyes of that client and continue to have that relationship and garner their referrals and garner their business and maybe even garner some ancillary revenue from them while they're just living in the home. Um, and, And so how do you add value to that client? How do you add value beyond just the transaction? And then, you know, kind of all the way to capturing that client again when they're ready to move out. So if I kind of break that down a little bit, maybe I, sh- I can just talk about some of the technologies that each step of that process. That would a be great. Bit. Yeah. So, um, you know, I guess in terms of finding a home, you know, I'll just maybe talk about, I kind of talked about four or five different steps. Maybe I'll just talk about one company in each. So finding a home, we think a lot about nurturing leads, right? And so you can get a whole bunch of leads, spend a whole month, a bunch of money on getting getting the leads, but it's the quality leads that really matter. So there's a company called Verse. Uh, it used to be called Agentology. It's, um, they changed their name a couple of years ago to Verse. And what they will do is basically be an inside sales channel for the brokers. 
And so, you know, a lot of times the leads come in, right? But I'm not really ready to buy a home yet. It's going to take me six months or I'm just kind of shopping. And what Verse will do is basically nurture that lead. And when it's ready to become a real lead, they'll hand it back. So it's really providing a ton of, you know, like taking a lot of time of that nurturing off of the backs of agents and brokers and put, passing it on to an outsourced um, firm like, like First. So that one's a, you know, great one. Um, when we think about mortgage and financing, especially coming into, you know, to your point about these times, right? Um, interest rates are going up, you know, mortgages are getting harder. Like, what do you, like, you know, some people are finding it hard to move, right? So one of the companies that we invested in that, as I said before, has both a kind of up market and a down market, you know, kind of opposition is a company called Easy Knock. And they're part of our solutions group too. Yep. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, for good reason, what Easy Knock does is it provides a buyer with alternative financing and, and, you know, provides the agent with more tools to be able to help solve them. And so what it does is it kind of takes the place of home equity lines, which are very hard to get. It will provide the homeowner with liquidity. And so they'll buy, say, up to 70, they'll, they'll buy up to, say, 70 to 80 percent of the um, of the value of the home to the buyer. I'm sorry, to the homeowner. The homeowner retains the upside and and it provides the cash so that 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 buyer can become basically a cash buyer in a hot market to purchase the, a new home. And in a down market, you know, have the cash they, you know, maybe don't have to sell in a down market or that they don't. They, they retain, you know, sort of um, value options um, in that down market. So what they do for the agent is they provide a guaranteed sale on the back end. They provide a commission up front to any referral and it, as well as provide a guaranteed sale on the back end when the homeowner becomes ready to sell that. Very cool. So that's one that has a lot of upside and downside sort of protection. Um, and we have a company called Super, which is a warranty and also a part of the solutions group, um, a warranty company, a, a, I would call it a, a modern day warranty company. Their mantra is to make homeownership as easy as renting. So not only do they warrant the HVAC and, and the, you know, the kind of major systems of the home, but they will also, as you know, Jessica, come fix your kitchen drawer. <laughs> I, I'm a little bit of a fan girl. Uh, yeah, I love them. So. <laughs> Concierge service is my lifesaver, man. <laughs> so this starts to move into this idea of now that I'm living in the home, how do I make you know the home more easy to live in? And you know another company that we invested in recently is called Easy. And don't let the name fool you; they do a lot more than that. You know, basically they're a portal of all the things that a homeowner needs or a home buyer needs to make it easy to move in. And to live in that home, all with the agent or the brokerage kind of top of mind. So you can white label this to be part of your own, you know, your brand. And it's basically a portal that allows the um, consumer to get super, to get a, you know, a company like Acorn, which if I want to do, say, some renovations or I want to put in a pool, I can basically buy now, pay later with Acorn. That's another one of our companies, which is embedded in the movies platforms. I can schedule movers. I can purchase furniture from Kyo, which is a 
real, real furniture, a furniture, a high-end furniture consignment platform. Um, I can schedule to have my lawn done from task easy. So I can do all these kinds of things that are going to make it easier for me to move in and be happy when I'm there. And it's all sort of with the, you know, brought to you by the agent or the brokerage. The agent and the brokerage can put their own vendors in there, um, including like their mortgage, their financing, their insurance carriers, like any any kind of referrals that they want to give. Or if you don't have a vendor, you know, preferred vendor, um, MoveEasy will insert their own. You talked a little bit about Easy Knock, and I know, you know, you're not tangential too, but you're, you're very much in the, in the, the financial, uh, vertical as well. And, and the crossover with, with real estate there talk right now, we've got buyers who have gone from literally, you know, sobbing on their front lawns. There was an NAR, uh, report recently that something like 80% of buyers at some point during the past 24 months have literally cried tears during the process, right? That's been, tough. And um, right now with this, yes, we've got insurance rates going up. We've got, uh, you know, the the the, the prices are, are maybe normalizing, but still pretty, pretty darn high. Talk a little bit to the buyers out there that may now, as they're seeing this, this movement into a, a recessionary period, do you have any particular thoughts on what they should be looking for as, as they consider a move into the transaction world? Yeah, I mean, the process is, it's strange how hard it is. I mean, I said to you before that the, you know, the the eye opener for me on, you know, sort of maybe why my firm exists is because it is a bit archaic of moving through this process, right? So I definitely think there are tools and technologies that can make it easier. Um, you know, there what do people worry about when they move in? I mean, I guess they worry about what the what the home values are doing. They worry about the asset itself. You know, are they moving into, um, what was that movie that, you know, like, where you just like spend all your money on fixing the, the money house, pit. You know, like, so, you know, there's the money pit. Yeah. So. We're old, Constance. We just dated ourselves hard. I know. So much. <laughs> but the point is, like, you move into a home that's you know seven, eight, nine, ten years old. I mean, that's when things do start breaking. So, how how do you make sure that you're covered and that you're not, you know, and and, and that things like that aren't going to happen? So, I mean, I, I do think that you look at things like super, for example, which helps to protect your asset. Um, I think that. There are financial tools. I, I mentioned it already, like Acorn, where if you do need to um, replace something serious in the house, there are um, th- there is the buy now kind of pay later option. I think that um, you know just looking at there's plenty of websites out there where you can assess the value of comps in the neighborhood. Um, there's location data to see you know where where are home values going, meaning like our, you know, our big boxes coming in, our people, big corporations leaving, you know, there's things like that. Um, But I think, you know, by and large, you know, what we find is that, um, you know, taking good care of the home, preserving the value, you know, making sure that you get the services that you need to, for the upkeep, um, you know, spending the money on the, 
paint and the curb appeal and everything like that before you sell pays off. And so, you know, looking at that company like MoveEasy, where there's a number of vendors embedded within to help do that, all, all of this is good for the buyer and the seller and, you know, helps create a vi- vibrant market overall. And just from the sort of the brokerage standpoint and leading our side, I would say also be careful when you're picking your agent, right? Really make sure as you interview them that they understand the market, that they have the tools in place, that they're that they are licensed with a brokerage that really does sort of have a suite of services that are going to end up being, um, you know, positioning the agent to be a true advisor to you. Yeah. And so when you're in doing that interview, you know, the kind of questions to ask is how are you going to market my company? Uh, and, and what tools and technology will you use to do so? Will there be a virtual tour or will that be posted? Does it get into the MLS? But, you know, what is the what is the process? Um, what are the comps that you're doing? How do you know we're putting the right value on it? And uh, and and ha- seeing that that I think just what you just said, that that advisory aspect of that agent is there and backed by a credible broker is is brilliant. Wonderful. All right. So we are not in 2008, 2009. It's a different landscape, right? Um, But there are some similarities. Talk though, you were, you lived through that and you lived through that well in terms of really understanding how to navigate that. Can you talk a little bit about some of the similarities and differences uh, from that time period and now, what are you anticipating in terms of differences? Well, I mean, just in my world, what we think about is it, and it's not so different from the real estate world in that, you know, we look for things going on sale, right? <laughs> and so, um, you know, my world, the you know technology companies have had significant valuation increases over the last 10 years, you know, and, and you see it in the stock market, right? Um, and we, you know, so we've been tracking that and, you know, we have always stuck to fundamentals, meaning like there's been a lot of money chasing very few deals and we have not paid up necessarily because of that. So, you know, kind of when we go to invest in a company, it's not, our, our pitch is not, we're giving you money. Our pitch is, look, we're going to provide this extra value from the strategic relationships we've created. And we're going to help you get into the market and the market's going to love you or not. And based on the market reception, and we're going to help you try to get the market to love you, but based on the market reception, that's, that's basically the price we're going to pay. And, you know, we'll, we'll either invest or we won't. And, you know, we'll see the, the long-term value or we walk away. And, you know, that has suited us very, very well. In a venture capital perspective, a loss ratio is typically about 40 to percent of the portfolio, we have less than a 1% loss ratio across all of our funds. And it's because we take the time, we look at 4,500 companies every year, we distill that down to a very small number that we really spend time with. We handhold them to bring them into the industry to meet with people like you and your colleagues to, you know, really kind of figure out if this is the right industry for them to go in, if they can really add value into the industry. And if so, we put our money in and if not, we don't. And so that is our simple philosophy of how we do it. And, um, and, and it pays off. And so I think that, again, the advice that I have from anyone looking at investing in technology, whether it's just a software or, you know, a purchase or a true investment, 
it's taking time to understand the team, their backgrounds, where they come from, are they good people, do they know how to execute, does the company have financial wherewithal to be able to sustain itself even in a downturn. All those things are really important because if you're a customer of that company, you want to be able to use that company yeah, you know, even in, in tough times and you don't want to have to see that company go away if they can't sustain themselves. So all those things are important when doing diligence on a new um, on a new software tool, just as important as uh, potential investment the way we look at it. So that's one thing. And and so as we head into, you know, these uncertain times where we're taking even a closer look at that because money is not always going to be there when you go to raise next time. You know, that's the big thing. We're telling companies, you know, to really look out for their cash. You know, it used to always be, and you saw it again in the stock market, and you see this in the private market, that uh, the investors were valuing high growth, not really caring about underlying profitability. Well, that flipped, right? And so that's why the tech stocks came crashing, because they were at high growth, but not necessarily any profitability. And so... Um, you know, investors in the private markets are starting to look at the startups the same. They're saying, you know, look, you know, and so the startups are starting to say, here's our path to profitability, not necessarily here's our 300% year-over-year growth plan. So, um, you know, that's something that we're talking about in the boardrooms. And, you know, I think it's just a time to start, you know, cash is king. And so it's time to start thinking through that a bit. Um, you know, if the cycle dips, it will be it, it will come back, <laughs> you know, it always does. And so, you know, just making sure that you can stay, stay in a, a down cycle is, is really important right now. Um, and, you know, the opportunity is that as values dip, you know, there's opportunity to invest. And so, um, you know, and, and invest in things that are on sale. So that's true for the tech companies, that's true for home purchases. Um, you know, there's a silver lining in some of these if you're prepared. So that, that's just some of the things that we think about. Well, we sure are glad to have you by our side as we move into whatever the heck is coming at us here in the in the, <laughs> in the months to come. One more question before we close. It's 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 my favorite. It's what we always end with, which is uh, getting to have leaders like you on the show. What is the piece of advice that you have been given in the past that you have carried with you through good times and bad and passed on to your protégés? Yeah, so I think um, I'll answer that in two parts. One is what I a great piece of advice that I think really helped form how I do business. And then sort of second is one that I often give based on what I've learned. So on the first one, um, I had a professor in college who said, your network is your everything. Figure out a way to build your network and stay in touch with them. And I don't know why that stuck with me so much. I suppose it was because I didn't exactly know what I wanted to do from a career perspective. And so the point at that point in my life was build a network so you can help figure out, you know, build your career. Um, But I took that to a really different level as time went on. And it's maybe why I created the passport company, the passport program to begin with, honestly, is to have a reason to reach out to my network. So, you know, the, the whole thesis of our fund has really been understand from the industry, what are the opportunities, the gaps, and the challenges the industry is facing? Go find those tech companies that can fill those gaps, that can fill those opportunities and challenges, and then bring it into the network to help solve those problems. And it's just a 
sort of self-fulfilling, um, you know, kind of synergistic process that we've created. And it all is about the network. It's understanding, you know, building that network to understand the problems. It's taking that information, finding those companies, and then going back to the network. And all along, you know, kind of communicating with people and letting them know and educating them that these things exist, right? And hopefully we're solving problems for people. And therefore that will help them and that will help our companies and that will help our fund. And so, yeah, I guess I took that piece of advice and created a company out of it. <laughs> and so um, that has stuck with me. And, you know, sort of the second piece of that advice that I always give is to show up because you don't go and, you know, bring all this information to the network and, you know, kind of learn from your network and you don't show up, be with your network, none of this can happen. So those are, those are two things I think about a lot. Can I share with the audience too, that not only Constance, do you use those pieces of advice for your business, but I have to say those are the pieces of advice that you gave to yourself that allowed our friendship, this network to start Back in <laughs> 2010, That's true. I'm, I'm telling it, I'm telling it to our audience. Back in 2010, <laughs> you and I were both pregnant, n- never even been in the elevator together in a high rise in the Gold Coast in Chicago. And uh, there was a rash of pregnancies in this building. You and I were two of the prego ladies in that building. You went door to door. You found out every single pregnant person in that building went door to door with your little embossed stationery saying, I'm pregnant, you're pregnant, let's network. One person, one person responded to that. That person was me. And man, oh man, showing up for that and showing up to get to know you, Constance, and uh, to form this bond over uh, now well over a decade has been to this day one of the best uh, decisions I have made. I am so grateful for you. I'm grateful for your knowledge. I'm grateful for your time today. Um, and I'm grateful for all of the wonderful uh, networking and uh, connections that you continue to make for our company and for me personally as well. Deeply, deeply, deeply appreciate you, Constance Friedman. Thank you for your time today. Thank you. Well, I mean, on that, any working mom knows it takes a village. Any, any, anyone in business knows it takes a village. And I guess, you know, that's, that's where this all comes from. So thank you for being part of my village. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I appreciate you having me. Talk to you soon. 